Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly chat between two people that know everything. My name's Michael Forrest. <laughs> and I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to talk about crime. Yeah. We're going to talk about crime and its um, representation by institutions and the government and the criminalisation of poverty and drugs and things like that and white collar crime and blue collar crime and green collar crime and all the different kinds of crime <laughs> and all the different coloured collars yes <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, we might talk about some crime fiction as well because everyone likes Ooh. a bit of crime fiction don't they my child asked me recently she said, Mum, mummy what is the law <laughs> well, <laughs> did you tell her? Yes, I did. I told her it was everybody had agreed what was okay and what wasn't okay. And that was the law. Right. And if we didn't have a law like which side of the road to drive on, then because we were standing by a road, then anyone could drive mm. wherever they wanted to and then everyone would crash into each other. And she was like, she was satisfied with that explanation. Mm. Like the oil that greases society. Well, the, I don't know. How are you, Ivanka? How's life? Life is pretty lovely. I got given three sort of old stumps of olive trees to put in pots this week. Well, this morning I went to pick them up in fact. Old stumps of yeah, olive so like trees. Doesn't sound old, very good. Well, very, I'll, <laughs> I'll show you a picture. Cheeky. Is it alive? It's alive. So it looks living. like a, it's like a living sculpture for the garden. Mm. And so Lovely. I put them, I welcomed them this morning. I pot, potted them in some pots and I told them they were very welcome. And if they didn't mind, please growing. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Do you think they will be olive bearing? Uh, they, they, there's no reason why they wouldn't be. I think the idea with these, because they're, they're, they've been moved out of someone's land because of whatever reason. So you, it's more the emphasis is more on the wiggly old stump than it is on right. the leaves. Um, old trees can like grow fruit indefinitely, right? I, I, I unlike I don't, old animals. I don't think that is... I think and if you are actually... Let's say you're some form of commercial farmer who cares about how many apples you get on your apple tree. Or I do believe there's a point at which their yield drops. Right. But I think for, you know, if you're going to have an apple tree in your garden, I'm not sure how much that matters. There will still be apples. Apple trees seem like a big problem to have in the garden. There's a lot of uh, picking up rotten <laughs> old apples from the garden and trying to fob them off on people. <laughs> That's true. Lots of worm-ridden. Um, Do you want a bag of frozen apples? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely make an apple crumble with that. Definitely. That's definitely going to happen. Uh, I have a very small apple tree in my garden. Uh, and mm. th- what else has happened this week? I feel like I've, I've had things to report, but my, my enjoyment of my olive trees this morning has dislodged my thoughts on what is amazing in my life right now. Uh, so hmm. yeah, I've got nothing to tell you really. <laughs> How are you, Michael? Oh, mate. I'm very excited. I've uh, I've um, I have had my new app approved by Apple. Apple now yeah. approves of me. I got Apple. it through first time. <laughs> I even remembered to put an Apple Watch screenshot in, and uh, it's got oh, multiple screenshots, all customized, and a video. And it's just I'm trying to like leave no 
tiny little thing detail unchecked. I got it all up. Uh, so now I've just got to do a couple of put some copy in the website and finish that off. And then today will be, uh, aka last Friday, will be release day. I totted up how many hours work. It was 547 hours of my time that I've spent on this. Wow, so that is... app must be like millions of pounds worth of app. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few, like, a, a, a few tens of thousands of pounds worth of developer time, let's say, that I uh, now feel responsible to, uh, you know, do, it's does, an asset I now have. Does one have to pay for this app if one wants to install it? How much yes. is this app, Michael? It's going to be three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. that sounds yep. like a bargain, Michael. <laughs> it's also, it's, if you're, I've put in one of the screenshots, if an app is free, it's usually your data that is for sale. And um, this is an app where, because it's all about your personal diary and private information, um, it's very important that we don't sell anyone's data. So that's why it costs I think. a little bit of a, you know, there's a bit of a cash for it. And I think it's going to be worth it for anyone using it. So there you go. That's, that's out. So that's the main thing in my world. Um, other than that. Also, I discovered TikTok this week. I've been listening. So there's this YouTube, that this gamer on YouTube called Northern Lion that I've been watching him play this same game for about five years now, six years. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> no, five years probably. And it's it's just this. And um, I've always, he's just like very articulate and smart and he doesn't repeat himself. Well, and it's just really good. Sounds, sounds um, amazing. But um, they started a pod. He started a podcast with another friend of his, a streamer friend who has a who is a reality TV star, but like a former reality TV person who's now like a YouTube and Twitch streamer type person. But they were talking about um, TikTok, and I realised that the stuff I was doing on Instagram actually probably works better on TikTok, where the videos have sound and are moving by default. So if anyone's on TikTok, feel free to come and find me on it because. Um, I don't know. Apparently, it's kind of feels like YouTube used to feel for these people. So yeah, that's but that is worth having a listen to that um, that podcast if anyone wants to hear someone talk about how to be a streamer slash YouTube gaming person <laughs> slash personally self organized. That's uh, what's it called? Check the wire, Northern Lion, and Dan something or other. Anyway, that's it. That's me. I'm just uh, looking forward to. You're just you high know, on the success of getting your app out. Yeah, and we'll see. Then we'll just start watching the numbers and going, ah, my life is over. Why did I waste so much time on this app? Uh, oh, anyway, yes. Well All right. Done. Well done. That was the promotional segment of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Vanker's grand podcast, a podcast in which we promote our own projects. Yes, well, it's better than promoting someone else's products, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Although we, less we do talk, you know, we'll do talk about other people's products as well. If we like well, I mean, I just talked about someone else's podcast, yeah, so there you so, go. Yeah, anyway. Do you want to talk about crime? Oh, yes, I, I really do. Okay. Um, Nothing would give me more pleasure. So, Ivanka, have you ever been a criminal, a perpetrator, <laughs> or victim of crime? Well, I'm. I'm sure. I, uh, yes. Hmm. On, on both accounts, I'm sure Ooh. I've done things that have broken the law. Uh, speeding. Is that against Ooh. the law? 
Uh, not really. I've never stolen anything. I'm a bit paranoid about that. I think I think mm. I don't know why that. Um, you know how people do casual shoplifting. Not yeah. very good at that. I've got a couple of friends who do, and you walk out of the shop for them, and they go, "Oh, look what fell into my pocket!" And I'm not going into a shop with you again, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a victimless crime and I laugh about it ha 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 crime and then a uh, victim that's one of way crime. of starting the conversation isn't it yeah, putting maybe. you on the spot about crime yeah and then the other things have I been victim yeah I've been uh, I've had things snatched uh, uh, snatched mm. off me house broken into that sort of stuff mm. um, so a hit and our van was parked somebody smashed into the side of it and buggered off and that cost 500 odd quid to fix bugger that was not nice that feeling of so yeah i've been like but i've been like i guess well we've talked about my various assaults already (laughs) that people have perpetrated on me but uh, um also like um yeah i've been burgled and i was just thinking about that um that the anger you have that someone's kind of crossed that threshold into your house and the the way it sort of um like you sort of don't really feel the same about your home anymore no, it's a, for quite a while. It's a very unpleasant feeling. I mean, we had a motorcycle stolen from outside the front of the house. Like it was literally leaning against the front of the house. That's how close mm. the house it was parked. And it got stolen overnight. And even that, they nobody entered the house. But the fact that they'd quite obviously followed and knew where Nick's bike was, it wasn't a casual crime. You, had, you would have had to have known to go there to get that bike um, mm. because it took one of the neighbours who was up with a baby in the night saw three or four men standing around our motorcycle and then mm. it, when it had gone in the morning she felt really bad because she hadn't phoned the police but I mean she saw them walk away but they must have come back and lifted it and that just made me feel very not I don't really care about the bike but I I felt very oh, I've had many b- bicycles stolen Mm. But then again, that doesn't make that's annoying. It makes me cross. But somebody mm. stealing something from outside your house feels more like a p- personal attack, I think. Or yeah, in your house. it sort of makes you because yeah, it sort of changes your perception of of what you where you thought was safe, yeah. the boundaries of like where you were, and like what you thought was safe, and um, and so obviously, like this being this podcast, we're going to try and empathise with the person who the, has the stealers, hurt us, the robbers, the stealers. <laughs> And um, and and we've just got to like, how do I, how do I? When I sort of picture those kids in the alley going, "Do you want us to do you again, mate?" As I walk up the road in the rain, bleeding in uh, in London, and I try and sort of imagine empathising with them, it's quite hard to, uh, you know, like someone, the anger comes out in that situation, or that you know, the fight or flight thing, and it's very hard to sort of. Especially someone unrepentant, I think. Yeah, unrepentant is a thing. There's yeah. crimes and then there's like that people feel guilty for and then there's crimes that people have, I mean, for whatever reason, have managed to turn off that guilt thing. That that, that then makes you want to really stab them in the face with a glass bottle. You know, it's like... <laughs> wow, that's a, just very, for an example. That a very violent picture, Michael. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit of a... I, uh, the unrepentant thing, I think, is very hard to... Um, but then, look, watching a child develop, you sort of realise there's this sort of, like, because I am I know I've done wrong, I'm going to get angry with you for mm. catching me or for yeah. telling me off. You can't tell me off, I've done a thing. You're like, yeah, yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> what you've done <laughs> is wrong and bad and you can't do that. Yeah, but... Yeah, and then you... I don't... You did this to me. You know, so I, yeah. so I think... Um, 
I, don't, I, I always feel like I'm patronising. And I don't like to patronise. And therefore, I question what I'm going to say. But sometimes... So I don't know, you know, that's a, maybe we should have an episode about being patronising okay, and being patronised. Anyway, so, because uh, I often compare behaviours to children's behaviours. And I think it's because I genuinely think that we all have a responsibility to work on ourselves and improve ourselves. So when it comes to having empathy with the criminal element, I feel like as a society, we have a, a responsibility to help people recover from whatever behaviour. That's sort of what you said, switching off the guilt for doing things. But at some point you have to take responsibility for what you've done. Yeah, and then you sort of transpose it to a courtroom and you've got... Is courtroom an Americanism? Or is the British... Do we have courtrooms? Or are they just have court? court? We just have court. court. You don't have a courtroom in the UK, do you? Um, anyway, you just sort of transpose it you to have, someone who's yeah, no. nothing is their fault, basically. When yeah. someone is like on that stand and the judge is going, you've got, and then they're going to get sentenced because they just nothing's their fault. And and yeah. that's a kind of you know, I mean, they're they're, they're defendants, so they're going to be defensive in one way or another. <laughs> so like, I feel like it's kind of their responsibility. The sort of, <laughs> People, I think people do want to feel like a good person. So any way they can find to avoid it being their responsibility is sort of the way that um, that people can still sort of live with themselves. Um, and then you sort of, so that's the sort of more street level stuff. You see people not taking responsibility. But whereas the more sort of white collar crime where someone's on the stand, they just, they just... Um, shield themselves with the the expensive uh, lawyer, with the mm. expensive sort of counsel that will just kind of like, it's it's more a, I'm, I don't have anything to worry about feeling, I guess, because this is taken care of and this is in, in the remit of what I'm allowed to do. But, the, but then I think a lot of white collar crime, people treat it as though it's a... A game, a sort of I trick the system, I found mm. a way of tricking people out of their money, you know, cons, that sort of like the perception is with some of these, some kind of fraud pro, uh, project, <laughs> fraud, fraud, um, criminal activities and things like this is that you you know, you were clever and you came up with a scam. People were stupid for mm. being scammed, but nobody got hurt. It's like, well... Yeah, well, yeah, they did because they got scammed yeah. and that's a really awful feeling and they yeah. lost money and they, you don't know what the knock-on effect is of the scam that you... Yeah, and you didn't you didn't directly give them bruises no. and blood pouring out of anything so you sort of feel like you didn't really do anything wrong Yeah, even though they probably... I'm just thinking of that Adam Sandler film, uh, what was it, um, Uncut Gems that we watched, which is definitely worth a look. Right. It's very good. But like... Adam Sandler? He, yep. <laughs> playing this truly okay. like unpleasant... Well, just this... Yeah, he's just um, living this life of like rich lifestyle with the mistress and the family, but it's all kind of built on this, on this jewellery store. And he's just like... He's just constantly like someone gives him a thing and he's like pawning that to pay off some debt and he's oh, just yeah. gambling. Like he just every time he's got some money, he just cannot stop. He just ha he just always gambles it because he's always sort of going for that big win. It's really interesting, Phil, because the description of it, like the synopsis of it is sort of written from the point of view of the main character who and it's like he just he's a charismatic man. He's just looking for that one big win. But when you're watching the film, it's like 
I mean, maybe he sees himself like that, but it's impossible for anyone else to. He just seems sort of, uh, I don't know, desperate the whole time and just living so far beyond his means that he's dependent on these windfalls to even just kind of stay afloat. And um, I think that's an interesting... Well, that's just a picture I sort of see when you talk about... And he's constantly, like, like, barely avoiding getting the shit kicked out of him (laughs) from various debts or whatever and having to kind of, like... So it's that sort of like he's playing kind of that um, I'm going to figure out how to get something um, for myself taken to that sort of nth degree. And you're sort of seeing the consequences. He's barely keeping people at bay that want to hurt him. But I think one of the things that in terms of the empathy with the with the with the criminal the word Mm. desperate is quite interesting because Mm. the desperation might come from various reasons desperation might be sort of in some way um you know if you're living beyond your means a desperation to have because or the Mm. desperation because you need to feed somebody or the desperation because you need to feed yourself or because you're ill or because you can't get a job whatever but desperation is a feeling that i think must be part of a lot of criminal activity, surely, or I don't know. Yeah, well, I, you're not going to... Like, I mean, you you put it in a drug context Yeah. where you've... And, and the way I always talk about this is you've... Like, when your life is not going very well, drugs are at least one guaranteed way to feel good for a bit. Yeah. And then that's what the addiction is. Like, people that go into hospital don't get addicted to morphine. I don't think I'm addicted to morphine. But, like, if if that's your only source of solace in an otherwise brutal world, then, yeah, like, of course you're going to sort of find that compelling. And then... And, and drugs are really, really cheap compared to any other sort of activity <laughs> that makes you feel good. Um, so... The fact that if you haven't even got enough money to buy the drugs that make you feel better for a few, a couple of hours every day, and that the only way to get like a five or a ten or fifteen quid is to start like smashing windows and trying to sort of take things off people, and, and that is, there's nothing more desperate than that, is there? No, no. Like I'm already at rock bottom because I'm dependent on these chemicals to you know feel anything remotely worthwhile, and now I can't even get the chemicals, which no, yeah. and Combine that with just the just the absolute galling inequality of um, seeing people with so much, and that that like they would yeah, have to yeah. sacrifice so little for you to just be so much better off. That it's probably you know it probably doesn't take a lot of yeah. soul searching to resort to no. what we call crime. And, and, well, yeah. it's a crime. It's, it's crime. crime. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not crime. It's but crime what, because it's in breaking the law, which, which we we've, kind of want. We've all agreed yeah. that you're not allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> that's well, my... We've all agreed, and then more recently, the powerful companies have uh, set a lot of what the laws are as well, haven't they? Well, yeah. I mean, there's 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 also different kinds of crime. There's crimes. There's there's white collar crime. <laughs> mm. uh, one color crime is white. Uh, there's fraudy type crime, money crime. Then there's, you know, biffing people over the head with things type crime. There's actual harm, physical actual harm crime. But then there's crimes like behaviours that are deemed by a certain society to be unacceptable, like the crime of Mm. being homosexual or one of those, you know, like... Yeah. Those are the crimes that then become... uh, If you're in a society where those things aren't a crime because they are normal human mm. behaviour, that's when it, I think it gets tricky. Like, because 
your, you know, what is normal human behaviour can be criminalised. I mean, you know, like in Saudi Arabia, women driving cars was a crime or, or mm. you know, going out without your owning husband, brother, father, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, and this is all... This is, this is where we realise that crimes aren't set by... Uh, that the law isn't made by all of us, it's made by the most powerful yeah. and, like, probably in a way that doesn't necessarily benefit the rest of us. Do you know, in all these, all these books, the sort of, like... Um, Gladwell-style books that used to always bring up Rudy Giuliani's success in New York with the zero-tolerance policy. Um, And now sort of who Rudy Giuliani has become, and you sort of look back at that, also thinking about who that... The the zero-tolerance, no broken windows, which was, like, drilled... First introduced to me in a, like, a Java refactoring test-driven development course. It was like, what we do is we make sure there's no... We do, because the mayor of, London, of New York had this really brilliant success in um, just just kind of catching people for all the small things. Um, so, like, they turned it into a... Like, how do we feel... How do you feel... How do we feel about this now, like, well, a couple of decades well, I on? I don't know any data on it, but it's... Well, it's the city felt safer for everyone, didn't it? It sort of turned it from you know, like a scary place into a relatively safe-feeling place when they started Doing. prosecuting people for jumping turnstiles and stuff. But who did it victimise? <laughs> like, well, yeah, who what's were the happened that... to those people? Because, like, hmm. this is what one thing we hear about in America, and I do not have the statistics in front of me, I picked up on it recently, was this thing uh, where, you know, you get arrested for something tiny and then... Hmm. Because you can't afford to pay the... Let's say you got a parking ticket. So you end up in yeah. in court and then you can't pay the fine to accept some jail time. And then you're, 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 you're gone. You've had it. Yeah, and, th- that's, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, The Night Of, which I don't know if you've seen no, that. It no, stars no. Riz Ahmed and it's got John Turturro in it as this sort of lawyer. But it's this kid, this college kid, that basically has a, has a weird night that he can't remember all of it and there's someone dead. Like, you sort of... I can't remember he wakes up next right. to this girl dead or, like... And to be honest, he doesn't really know what happened. Um, but he ends up in the prison system. But he's, like, a nice kid. But, like, it's not too long until he's sort of, like... You know, you see the way that it can only... It only causes problems to put people into that system especially if they didn't start out like that sort of with that mindset they will certainly come out of it with that mindset there was no rehabilitation on offer it was like the people in that system you know but i mean we've got that statistic that we've mentioned before on the podcast which is like you know like something like three percent of the british population is in care but over 50 percent of people in prison have been in care so mm. it's like uh, all this kind of poor start in life or um, inadequate interventions at the right time. So maybe if if you view the whole no tolerance thing as intervening really early mm. in some way, then perhaps the the sort of the punishment method might not be something I... Anyway, I don't know enough about to comment. Yeah, if you made the, zero tolerance, zero, like low low threshold for okay we need to figure out how to help this person intervention then yeah i think it's cool because i think if you do like it 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 doesn't it's like similar to the nhs sort of thing like now you don't really get anything looked at until it's relatively chronic yeah 
and um, which then you you're sort of spending a lot more effort on something that could have been avoided if it had been nipped in the bud a bit better. Well, that's what schools are supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah, like do, the yeah. teachers are supposed to keep an eye on the kids yeah, and like and um, report. But, but I mean, an example them. of the early intervention, like in adult social care, is the service that goes around to old people's houses and cuts their toenails. Right. It costs. I don't know, something like, I don't know, in a city like Brighton, I think it costs something like a million pounds. Like, it's not without cost. Right. But the amount of things it avoids, because after a certain age, cutting your own toenails is really hard. And so, but if you have someone coming to see your toes once a month or every two weeks or whatever it is, they will notice an infection. They will notice Mm. if you're infirm on your feet. They will notice, they will notice things. That means, because what is expensive is an old person who can't walk. Yeah. Because I thought you were saying that they sent young offenders around to cut old people's toenails. <laughs> I do. That's <laughs> probably, that would probably be idea. a good, good, uh, but I, you do need some training, I think, to cut old people's yes, toenails. Well. But, you know, train them all in podiatry or chiropody or chiropody or however you pronounce mm. that word. I don't know. But anyway. Intervention and prevention are nice, fancy words, but they need a lot of... um, They cost money to find out why somebody's so angry or upset or desperate when they're a young teenager. Why are they behaving in a particular way or... I think it takes a sort of more skilled, it takes more of skill and, like, I guess, like, talent for that sort of thing to... um, be able to figure that sort of thing out versus like I'm not, I'm not going to say like policemen are I'm not going to characterize policemen as not like but like that that's more of a right if someone does something bad we can hit them with a stick kind of thing than we're going to try and like therapize them and get into their head and like it's, I I think but, like yeah. the police at their best are using empathy and sort of stopping and talking to people and trying to figure out what's wrong and having ideas but it's not necessarily the picture we have of a police well i don't think they're given i mean kids get threatened oh don't do that we'll call the police the police come what do the police do they take you away and put you in a cage (laughs) (laughs) that's i think my daughter watched something where the police came put somebody in quote unquote a cage she goes if i go this is what she said she said uh if I was in there and and I, they put me in a cage because I'd done something wrong, but I said, yeah, I did it and I'm really, really sorry, could I then go home? <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> we were like, well, it really does depend on what you've done. And, yeah, but if I said... That's <laughs> like, well, kind of the idea of it. It is yes, really sore, but, but, you know, they're not just going to get let you go home. Um, it's very hard. Some of the questions are just like, what? <laughs> Can't we do? Look, let's watch a cartoon. Here's my phone. No, um, have an iPad. Uh, but, but yeah, you do think of the police as sort of like this slightly threatening force. It's like, they, 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 you know, how... Um, 
uh, Stephen Pinker talks about it is that, well I think he's paraphrasing but like they the, it's the state's monopoly on violence is the police force so they're the yeah. only ones allowed to shoot you like yeah. and everyone else has to not <laughs> not do that sort of thing but I was just thinking about um like when I uh when I got burgled and um, I got a phone call and it was like, oh, can you come to, can you, can you come home? Your flat's been burgled. I was like, oh, fuck. So I sort of cycle home from LBI and sort of get there. And, and I just remember going like, oh, how did you find out my phone number? And the guy's like, oh, well, we kind of saw this and it had your number. I was like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, like police. You sort of figure things out, don't you? That's like, <laughs> I'd sort of forgotten about that aspect of police work. You know, that like the cool side of being police is like you actually like, try and solve crimes and figure out what happened and stop yeah. people getting away with stuff. Like, but, but I think the police are also like, some of the stories I hear from my sister and some of the dealings she has with these like multi-agency is what the, the term is where everyone mm. gets together is that, you know, they are, there is a, a huge amount of policing that is just about sensible, proportional responses to what's going on, particularly when you're dealing with children or you know, mm. families that are dysfunctional. Like mm. you've still got to, you know, that the, there's there is a degree of that. But but then also, it is kind of society's enforcers. <laughs> it's like if you're not going to do it nicely, if you're not going to play with everyone else, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think Boris means when he says we're going to put more police? What do you think he's thinking? He's thinking about a Daily Mail reading racist mm. <laughs> leave photo. Sorry, did I say that? No, he's th- well, he is. he is. He's thinking about somebody who reads the Daily Mail, who opens it and reads about knife crime in London and thinks, well, mm. if there was more police, there'd be less knife crime. Instead mm. of going, if there was more, if there was less poverty and more education, there'd be less knife crime yeah you know that's what it is or if i if if they had more police around there arresting these kids and taking their knives off them no that is just that is it's like if with you going back to patronizing ivanka (laughs) when you're dealing (laughs) dealing with my child i ask her to do something many times she'll just go no i don't want to let's go home from the park no i like it here i want to stay in the park well, we need to go home. So you start with reasoning. We need to go home because we need to start cooking dinner. If we don't cook dinner, we're going to be hungry. We won't have any dinner. Yeah, but it's nice in the park. Let, mm. let's, Daddy can cook dinner. Yeah, but Daddy's doing something. And then, and then eventually you go, listen, <laughs> if you don't leave the park now... Uh, then things is getting punitive. So things is getting. Then you have a choice. You have a choice. Leave the park now and have a lovely relaxing dinner with Mummy and Daddy or... I will come over there and I will pick you up. I will carry you out of the park and you won't be able to go on a play date tomorrow. And then it's like, your choice. But um, it's very hard disciplining a child. But but mm. then again, this is the patronising kind of um, the idea. Because I, I, I do think some sort of punishment or uh, consequences is an important part of yes. talk, teaching and talking and discussing behaviour. However, I don't think I, I think the 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 cutting the toenails aspect of crime prevention involves getting rid of a lot of poverty. You know, that sort of we can't, you know, can't just 
running with truncheons and more. So I think Boris Boris is is speaking to the audience of people who voted for him, which yeah. are blue collar, <laughs> lots of coloured collars today, blue collar. British people who traditionally voted Labour, who have been totally, you know, indoctrinated with Rupert Murdoch's anti-everybody, everything. And they'll go, oh, that Boris, he's a good man. Look, Mm. he's given us all the police back that we used to have before his government got rid of them. ask you have you ever done any crimes have i done any crimes <laughs> well i don't know copyright crime certainly but uh yeah. i think like i once stole some sweets once just to try it in a shop and obviously like drugs aren't legal <laughs> but apart from that like um you know i've never figured out how to get something off someone that's not yeah, you know, I've always tried to earn things, yeah. but I don't know. No, I, I'm I not know. really invested in the energy. In maybe this is how we avoid working. <laughs> Michael in a Vanker's grand podcast, the podcast in which we work out how to do crimes. <laughs> Michael in <laughs> Vanker's grand heist. <laughs> Let's do it. That's what I we should do. Ha um, <laughs> That's the answer. Uh, hmm. But here's um. I'm going to tie two thoughts together. I'm just realising. I think, um, how much do you think we could solve by leading by example? How much would be solved? Because I got, my the punishment in my house was if I was naughty, I got spanked. And, uh, you know, it was violence. And then that meant that the way I treated my younger brothers was if they did something I didn't like, I would hurt them. Like, and it just violence begets violence and then you think about the wire and the you know you think about how the police behaves with the criminal element they use violence on them you know especially like america but i'm sure uk as well but if you use violence to solve crime or to try and fight crime then all you're going to do is create more violent crime because you're sort of like but but is that true like if there was more empathy in policing would people who are currently just feel like the police are the enemy and are just victimized by them would they would that reframing of what the police do actually like help would it just would it work or would it make people just sort of feel like yeah they're soft they're touch we'll get police, away with yeah. it an example of i'm just thinking of this really good um and this is in a small way like this really good moment in um top boy i can't remember if it's the second series but there's this sort of immigrant family living in like living in this you know squat whatever and the and the mother goes to the goes to the local shop and like gets as like she 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 sort of gets her groceries but she hasn't got enough money for nappies and stuff so she sort of steals some nappies and then the um the shop person catches her and calls the police and then the policeman the police come and the police goes okay well so she paid for that stuff and she stole the nappies. And the guy's going, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And the policeman goes, just goes, well, you know, how much were the nappies? And he goes, like, four pounds. And he's like, well, here's four pounds. 
And the guy in the shop, the shop owner's like, what, this is an outrage. And the woman, you know, but it's like that, it could be that, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is the level of, um, but that po- goes back to poverty. Why should mm. there be in modern society, in a world where there is enough, there is enough wealth shared out appropriately, why should anybody not be able to afford nappies for a baby? No, I know. You know and, like, and also, like, if you're an immigrant or a refugee and you're not even allowed to work, work. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. literally not allowed to work yeah, legally. I, I don't understand that. Well, how do you even reconcile that yeah. in, morally? Like, I, I genuinely work. don't understand what problem that solves, not allowing migrants. You know, whilst your status is being discussed, get a job. And then well, if we decide we're sending you home because you're not, you've not proven your refugee status, well, then you can go. But in the meantime, you've been a... You know what I mean? It's like, oh, but they'll, they'll form ties with society and then it'll be harder to get rid of them. Oh, those immigrants come over here and they don't form t- ties with society. <laughs> it's like, what, which one do you want? Um, yeah. And that sort of thieving of things you need is also like a... It's just a different kind of crime, I think. It's a social yeah, and it's, crime. Yeah, there's always the moral example. If he stole a loaf of bread to feed his family, would it be a crime? Yeah, there's that sort of, like, but, moral yeah. question. But what we're saying is, like, that, that. why is it that we're in a situation where someone can't even, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...doesn't know where they're going to be in a month, in three weeks, in two weeks, because everything's so uncertain. Yeah. Why? This should not be the baseline. I mean, I've also... Um, there's that... Uh, thought exercise from that book, uh, the life you can save. It's not really well. It's it's not crime, but it is. <laughs> it falls into this mm-hmm. moral conversation. It's like you're walking to work, and uh, you see a child drowning in a pool. Um, what do you do? Well, of course, I jump in and save the child. You're walking to a job interview that's really important. You really need a job and you see a child drowning. Well, of course, I'll jump in and get there. You're wearing, you know, 400 pound shoes and uh, you've got your newest laptop. Mm. Well, well, of course, I'll jump in the pool and save the kid. Mm. It's like, well, if you are not paying your taxes, <laughs> mm. you are walking past giant drowning children is basically mm. you know like if you if you are not if there's a if you can donate five dollars and buy somebody a mosquito net that saves their life or if you are so then it's, you know what I mean it's that sort of um there are lots of things that aren't technically a crime like tax avoidance they are almost always very legal but they're yeah. just reliant on there's immoral activity that is legal and then there is defensible activity that is illegal. illegal. And um, currently the balance is way the wrong way. And that's because the people have to have the most power are setting what is legal and what isn't legal. They're the people with the lobbyists. Yeah. If homeless people had lobbyists, I think it would be a different <laughs> yeah, society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, uh, who had this conversation the other day? Oh, I, I get this like, well, if you can't afford your children, you shouldn't have them. It's like, pff, fuck off. <laughs> Basically, it's like, what if I got ill? What if my partner died in a car accident? What if, what, 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 what? There's a million, there's, again, yeah. there's this assumption that you and I bang on about all the time. It's like, you're, you're assuming that you are okay and you are going to stay okay forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, disability benefits. Every single one of us could become disabled tomorrow today mm. <laughs> why wait till tomorrow you know it's like this idea that you're 
So I and I, I find that whole well, if you can't afford it, you shouldn't be wearing. Yeah, great. That we all set out with that intention, but sometimes things go wrong. Um, what was my friend? One Indeed. of my friend did that when they did the limit to the benefits just to two children, unless you could prove you were raped. Um, and she's like, "Well, what are you supposed to do if you've got four children? What you do? Give them one shoe each? What? What are you supposed to do?" It's just yeah. It's um, well, it's, it's, yeah, and it's 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 the um, it's just part of that is people being bad at designing systems as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's well, like, well, what the fuck is that? Um, shall we just uh, finish this off by talking about what our favourite crime fiction? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's your favourite crime fiction? Crime is fiction? Brilliant. I love it. I love all of it. Uh, um, okay, that's, that's all <laughs> that I have it? to say. On the you subject. got no examples. <laughs> My uh, stepmom has absolute bookcases of crime novels, yeah. like tiny little, you know, pulp crime fiction. I've never read a single one. You've not read <laughs> no a single interest. one? I, I started reading like, Agatha Christie stuff when I was like, I don't know, 12, 13. Mm. Um, I, do, I do like a crime. I watch crime on telly. I'm a bit over these whole like one episode and then there's a thing and somebody's brutally murdered and then the magic in the lab and they sort it out. I'm not that into those. But mm. that, that for me, that's a great guilty pleasure, those. Oh, and then there was a thing. And look, aha, we found this <laughs> little bit of... What about, <laughs> what about like the true crime, like the serial or making a murderer type stuff? Uh... I get. I don't. I've. I have my tolerance for murdery things has changed since I produced a human. Mm. I find it a little. It's different. Uh, I've mm. never relished horrory things. No. Uh, but I've. I've not. You know. I. I find psychopaths fascinating and that kind of thing. You know, like mm. normal. I think that's quite normal to think of psychopaths. <laughs> you know, just regular stuff, liking psychopaths, <laughs> watching people get murdered on the telly. No, um, hmm. I like I like a detective. We we do revere like it's it's amazing how like we do like a detective on telly a lot of the time, but we also like someone that breaks the law oh, yeah. in a morally defensible way. Like well, and even a, sometimes not a morally defensible. No, way. Like, <laughs> like you know, I love a bit of Peaky Blinders. That's mostly crime. Yeah. They're always being criminal. <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, TV and what stuff. What about you, Michael? I, 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 you mentioned I The Wire. To, I mean, The Wire is obviously like a brilliant picture of how Baltimore's institutions operate and from the different scales of... I mean, The Wire, if you haven't seen it, obviously, I mean, I'm not going to be the guy that goes, you've got to watch The Wire, but, I mean, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing, frankly? <laughs> what the flipping is, you're about, missing um, it. What's that, Breaking Bad? Did you not enjoy Breaking Bad? It was like... Oh God. I got bored I mean, of it. We're running out of time, but it is fucking boring, Breaking <laughs> Bad. But for some reason, it, like the guy has a talent for making you sit through the most boring rubbish because you just want to know what's going to happen. You just want to see the ending. You just want to see the outcome. So you sit through 27 different awkward Dinners, like pe- families sitting down for dinner and saying nothing, like for hours on end, just to go. Okay, well, where did the floating pink bear come from, though? <laughs> or like, basically, it peaked at like episode six, and then I don't yeah. think I even got that far. Uh, yeah, episode three, I think it peaked, but I still watched the whole thing. But 
you know, Sharon could see right through it, and she was like, "I can't. This is we're not. What, what is this? This is too yeah. boring to watch." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. It's not. I think really I think Nick and I off. had maybe even a three year gap, and we were like, you know what I mean? We watched." Let's say a series or two. How many were there? Four, five, six, seventy-five. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, maybe we watched a couple, and then, then I go. It tends to be me going. I just cannot. I'm not let. No, this is a waste of my life. I want to go and do something else. And then I was like that with Lost. Actually, like I just stopped season two. I was like, what is? What is? What are you doing? And then like I heard like the ending was quite something I was like okay fine I'll watch it but I was like what yeah I never watched it why are you wasting my time uh, but yes so <laughs> anyway crime. now he makes all Hollywood films JJ Abrams so I guess it paid off <laughs> well Lost was very popular as well anyway like we've uh, rambled on a bit too much um, maybe we should just recommend TV shows instead of um, talking about our lives I do, I do need part. a new recommendation because I've finished Sex Education Oh, um, uh, I I can't bring myself to watch any telly now. (laughs) Nothing compares. There's so much. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to. um, We're watching that Hunters on Amazon Prime at the moment, which is actually very good. Hunters gets into some pretty dark Nazi behaviour. With lots of stuff in the camps and this kind of thing, so it's like a bit intense, but like actually really good. All right, we'll see. Um, I'm 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 looking forward to being able to. I'm thinking of doing this like Bollywood film um, reviews on my YouTube channel somehow. Because we've been watching one each week, and I tell you, the one we watched last week was nuts. And like, it's really hard to know what to make of some of these. <laughs> anyway, but I'll talk about that another time. Okay, um, that was that crime. Together we'll crack it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're at your phone, why not subscribe if you're not already? If you're at someone near someone else, why not, you know? <laughs> subscribe them. Subscribe them. Where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. You can find me at goodtohear.co.uk, um, which is uh, like my apps app shop. I just updated the website last week, so it's looking nice now. Um, so if you want to have a look at that, you can do that. See, look at my apps and get my new app. Go and get that. Please get my app. Please. I don't want to have to go back to contracting. And I've worked so hard on it. Please get my app. It's on iOS, though. And you need a phone that can do augmented reality. Ooh. Anyway, what Whoa. else? Um, if you could write us some reviews and things like that, that would be super cool. Though our favourite friends have all already done them. Mm. So, yeah, <laughs> you know the people we love the most uh, no um, we always like it also drop us an email we always like to hear what's going on and what you think and what we haven't said and all the things we forgot to mm. say and what it made you think of all of that is good stuff and uh, yeah. that's what we that's what we're trying to we're trying to that's hello at grandpodcast.com yeah. thank you Michael <laughs> <laughs> That's how you finish that sentence. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Patronising uh, next week. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. Um, that's if it. you've got, if you want to click on our Amazon links, Amazon. if you want to click on those book links, do. Um, if you want to patronise us, you can. So, 
you know there we go all right see you next week bye 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 bye, bye.